is Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny on the Revelations Radio Network. Podcasting to you from the mossy forest of Meadowdale, Washington, where I am happy to not be appealing my suspension from Facebook. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim <laughs> Kilkenny. And from Cascade Locks, enjoying the first sunny day of 2021, I'm Andrew Hoffman. Holy smokes, first sunny day. You're kidding me. Mm, How's the snow much. down there? How many feet of snow did you get? How you guys build igloos down there? We got a little more after the last episode, but it did not live up to the hype. So okay. it was just some, like, you know, a couple inches, a little slushy. Not too bad. Well, that's good. I mean, so. you, I think you had an accumulation of about eight and a half feet before it was all said and done, or? <laughs> some, something like that. And uh, <laughs> according to some um forecasters were supposed to get like four inches of rain in the next two days so we'll see if that happens my um, crawl space would be so full if i had four inches of rain yeah uh, around here it's the the worry is landslide so hopefully yeah. oh yeah for uh, sure you're right there on the river so anyway believe it or not around here it's the same way over here by the puget sound every uh few months there's a landslide onto the the railroad tracks over here yeah the uh, over on the washington side not so much over here um i guess from a geological perspective there's a slow motion active landslide that's just ongoing you know the the north side like of the washington. river is it's basically not- just sliding into the columbia a little bit at a time that's on that's on brand for my state. That's to, yeah. totally on brand. Just 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 sliding into communism, right into Oregon, just right yeah. right into Portland. Just here we go. So, well, my uh, uh, survival story of the day. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, Will this end with an early Andrew Hoffman's words of wisdom? No, no. Well, <laughs> I uh, not that I know of. Okay. Okay. So it is, like I said, first sunny day of the year. It's going to start pouring rain again tomorrow. And so I leave work a little early, drive down some back roads, go for a little hike, Come back and am driving on this very, very deserted road. Like hike by yourself, it's by yourself yeah. hike. Good for yeah. you. Um, just about dark, and there is. I'm like, is that someone by the side of the road? And um, as a quick aside, you're of the age where you likely saw the movie The Usual Suspects, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. So the Kevin Spacey character, uh, who at the end you find out, spoiler alert, is Kaiser Soze. <laughs> 28 years in the making. 
Spoiler yes. alert. If you haven't seen it. Verbal. If that was a spoiler. <laughs> um, no, Verbal was his so name. He, was, he got the oh, yeah. stutter and the walk. Yeah. With Walks with the cane and drags his leg behind him, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of. Yep. And then at the very end, he starts walking normally. So I see someone by the road, and then as I get closer, he is uh, walking with a limp, with a cane, and got the thumbs up for hitchhiking. So I'm like, do I pick up Kaiser Soze, but on the side of the deserted road? <laughs> it's probably not a good idea. Right. But at the same time, I'm like, man, the guy's got to walk like another three miles to get to town, and he's okay. walking with the cane. So, okay. So cool. I I pull over. Okay. Fair enough. And Good I, for you. I roll down the window and I'm like, hey man, you know, I'm just going back to to town. I'm not going to Portland or anything. He's like, oh no, I only need to get to to Cascade Locks. It's like I. There, an elk jumped out in front of me, and I swerved off the road, and now I'm trying to walk back. So, the smell of booze is powerful, right? Yeah. So, I'm like, all right, you know, hop, hop in. So, here's the official story. Um, he's, this is he's the greatest driving... story in the history of the show. <laughs> He, You're he not going to get driving. there. He's not there, right? You're like, going get, to get, get there. Turn over. like, oh, and the seat was empty. <laughs> <laughs> so he tells me part of this after I tell him, oh, yeah, I just parked down there and went for a hike. He said, oh, that, yeah, that's what I was going to do. But then uh, this the elk jumped out in front of yeah, me no and I swerved off the road and. This was like 11 o'clock this morning. Okay, so I'm talking to him at like 5 o'clock at night. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, oh, man, you know, that's that's rough. He's like, yeah, fortunately, I'd already been to Walmart and got my beer for the day. He's like, so I was just kind of kicking back and drinking beers, but, yeah, my, my phone was dead. And so, you know, I... I figured I better start walking back. So that's when you saw me. I'd been walking for like an hour. And uh, so I'm I'm thinking through this sequence of events. Okay. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, you crash and disable your vehicle. Okay. And you're a, about five, let's say five miles from civilization on a deserted road. Do you uh, walk somewhere where there are people? No. Do you, you know, maybe try to charge the phone in your car if you could do that or whatever? No, you just kick back and start drinking beers until you're going to have a lot tougher time walking and then start walking back. This is was interesting decision-making. But anyway... So I took him home. He was super grateful. He's, he's like, oh, oh, man, I 
I guess I don't have my wallet. I'd give you some money. I'm like, no, I wouldn't take it anyway. Don't, don't worry about it. Um, anyway, so, but he didn't kill me. So i this is a win. <laughs> Couple things. One, I have so many questions and statements and thoughts, but, uh, one, did you see, I mean, there's no way you didn't see the viral video of the dude in Idaho whose car broke down and he literally just is like, well, Car broke down on my way to the potato factory. I guess I'll grab my skateboard and my bottle of ocean spray and skateboard down this off ramp on my way into work. I Your saw kid- the. I did. I did not see the original. The- I saw the the people replicating the the video. Uh, I didn't realize that's what it came from. But yes, yes. the ocean spray and playing the TikTok music and yeah, just- playing. Playing Fleetwood Mac, which saw, you know, an a increase in sales like 20,000% this year. Anyway, uh, Mick Fleetwood made one just like it. But that was that guy's whole vibe, right? Like, he's on his mm-hmm. way to the potato factory, and his car broke down. And he's just like, well, I was only five minutes away from work, so I figured I'll just grab my skateboard, skate in, and figure it out after work. This sounds like your guy. This is a lot like your hitchhiker guy. Yeah, just he's like, like ah! Like, for, fortunately, I'd already bought today's beer. I have a, uh, I have a surprise for you, Andrew. I don't know if you're ready for it, but I want you to make yeah. sure you're sitting down. It All is right. entirely possible that this story, having been a drunk before, never a hitchhiker, but having been a drunk and someone who is associated with people who are drunk, it is entirely possible this story is a lie. You know, the thought had crossed my mind. Trust me. But it's like, so bizarre. It's probably true, right? It's probably like ah, elk, whatever. Elk schmelk. I got my twelve pack. I'm good to go. Yeah, yeah. They're good for you though. There may have been some alcohol consumption uh, that contributed to the accident. I certainly. <laughs> Let's not read between the lines here. It's not what this show's about. It's about reading the headlines and moving on. Yeah. No, the uh, good for you, you know, Jesus comes back to the disciples and says, when did you, you know, you, you never, you never clothed me. You never gave me food. You never visited me when I was sick. And he said, you know, of course, Peter said, when, when did we not do these things? When you did these to the, when you didn't do these things to the least of my people. And that, that, that guy, that guy qualifies, you know what I mean? So good for you. Good for you for helping that dude out. Yeah. Um, I was- he was very grateful. He even so, pretended to look for money. So, was so I was going to say, I was going to say something. So that was my third thought on this. So having been someone who has done, and actually we'll tie this into another story of mine real quick. I didn't think I would tell, but um, having done this several times before, this sort of thing, not necessarily a hitchhiker that looks like verbal from the usual suspects, <laughs> but having done nice things for people before. And when I was growing up, that was just what you did. My dad did that all the time, all the time. People were stopping the side of the road, broken down. Like, I remember we rolled up on a car accident, and he was, like, first one on the scene helping people out of their cars and stuff. That was just what he did. And I experienced this with him several times, and I've experienced it several times on my own. Now I have to ask you, does it cheapen it when the person reaches for money? I was... uh, (laughs) It was... It was such a half-hearted. Uh, <laughs> You're mildly gesture. offended. 
that it was like, uh, no, I mean, I certainly did not ex- expect money. Um, right. Of course you did. No, no, I don't think you did. But I'm just saying, does it cheapen it for you doing this nice thing when they're like, oh, let me get some money for you? No, I'm not necessarily, I, you know. Good. Yeah. That's the pride thing, I think. But anyway, I uh, just this last week, we posted something on, uh, this wasn't the reason I did this, but maybe maybe just the fact that it all came to this. Maybe this is a sign that I'm supposed to talk about this. But uh, we had one of those really nice bassinets that's like on a swivel. You swivel it, and then you put the baby down, and it like sits over the, like it swivels over, how do I put this? It's like It has like an arm, and it sits over the bed. So you can be hmm. in your own bed and have the baby pretty much like on top of you or right next to you, but not co-sleeping. And, you know, for those for those awesome early newborn months where like you don't know if it's night or day, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Anyway, it's a really nice thing, and you know, it's a couple hundred bucks, two, three hundred bucks. New, we had used it for both our children. I put it on Craigslist. I put a price on it, and then uh, my wife and I prayed about it, and we took it to. Uh, anyway, met up with the guy to, to give it to him that was buying it for his sister, I believe. And, you know, he hands me the, the money for it and uh, took the money. I said, hey, do you ever pray? What? Yeah, you ever pray? He said, uh, sometimes. He's like looking at me like, what is going to happen? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's already handed me the money, right? And I was just like, well, we were, my wife and I were praying about it. And we just felt like whoever was going to get this, this bassinet next was going to need it and, or not was going to need it, but was like, we just wanted to give it to them. We just wanted to give them something that they needed so that they could raise their, their babies. And so just consider this a practical demonstration of God's love and like gave them the $50 back. And this, that look is always priceless. Like, it's just like, he's just like staring at me like, whatever guy like (laughs) (laughs) thanks for the free stuff no i'm just kidding he's he seems super grateful and and uh i don't know that's one thing we could do you know we're we're talking about solutions and stuff with james corbett and and whatnot but just one thing we can do is just be nice and i and i I left and i I thought to myself i don't know how much of a difference that's going to make for him or his sister but like it's one thing in the world right and it could have a, a domino effect and that's kind of what God called us to do to be salt and light to those around us. And, you know, even the, through the rest of my day, I barely thought of that. And who knows if it even made a difference, but it's just, you know, I think that that sort of stuff does, you know, I think mm-hmm. that guy, he got home, man. Like who knows? What if he got hit by a car? Like it was very likely this man was going to get hit by a car. How far did he have to go? I think I know. the. No, he wasn't going to get, he wasn't going to get hit by a car. He was, but he was not going to be, anywhere close to back before it got really dark and and fairly cold pretty quickly so oh yeah very cold that's a good yeah. point because you guys got you guys got all the cold down there so anyway that's a different sort of uh storytelling for our show but that i love it that's good stuff man i used to talk about that on that other show i did tim and mike show just helping people and what what's what does it look like and you know just said so, speaking how to of uh of car accidents. Yes, sir. By far the biggest story of the week was the Tiger Woods. Yeah, that's the unfortunate. Tiger Woods thing. It's unfortunate on several levels. That's the biggest story that it happened. Uh, and do you want to click on that uh, the Robbie Starbuck tweet? I think the lower down one. You went. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I. Uh, this is a good. Uh, 
This is a good direction to go here. Yeah. Oh, actually, uh, okay. Yeah, it so the other one's right above it. Yeah. yeah. So this was really disturbing to me, to be honest with you. Because, I mean, you know, our culture has had problems for a long time. Celebrity worship, I'm not a fan of it. Um, athlete worship, what have you. But we have gone into something that is way beyond what I had even where I thought we were at as a society, mm-hmm. where politics has taken over everything so that literally someone is hurt. And at that point, at the point when these tweets were sent, uh, possibly going to die, it was, it was not known. Uh, you look at the car, it certainly didn't look good. And there were people tweeting, um, the universe smile or smites Tiger for accepting that medal from Trump. Tiger Woods' career over. Well, he did support Trump, and then a picture of, you know, someone smirking. Uh, my thoughts on Tiger Woods, uh, you know, stopped caring about Tiger when he started golfing with Trump. Like, this is a sickness. (laughs) Tiger Woods campaigned and voted for Donald Trump. I don't care about him dying. Yeah. My thoughts on Trump supporting butt, and then it's him with the, it's Bugs Bunny yawning. So here's the thing. Like, it would be bad if this was Trump, right? If people were celebrating. Right. Um, But, I mean, to be honest, you know, I'm I'm a golf fan. Um. I watched Tiger Woods play in person when he was still an amateur, winning U.S. amateurs when he won at uh, Pumpkin Ridge in Oregon. And I did not realize that he was a big Trump supporter. I've never seen, you know, like this is not the defining feature of the person. Um, So anyway, so Robbie Starbuck, who's a conservative, you know, Twitter personality, Post that, and then he posts, pro tip, when someone's hurt or killed, whether it be accident or illness, don't think back to their political party registration to decide if you care. Think about their family, their kids, their soul. Then pray for them and keep your mouth shut if you have nothing nice to say. There's some words of wisdom there. I agree 100% with all that. Um, You know, I mean, there's... Like if if you if your first reaction to someone getting in a car accident is to celebrate, something's wrong there. Yeah, yeah. a couple yeah. couple things though. Like remember, this is the echo chamber that excuse me, that Twitter wants. Yeah, these yeah. are the people who are allowed to talk. These are not the uh, Trump supporters or the uh, people that called for election fraud. You know, all of these sort of people. They want the people who are happy that Tiger Woods may die because he voted for Trump. That's And that's kind of what you're left with. And a lot of people like myself who just like quit. They're just like, well, I think I'm done. And they just all left. And now you're left with this insanity. But it is, your point is well taken. It, it is insane. I mean, what? But 
the it's, the quest the quest for political power you know we got the lord of the rings analogy the, the quest for the ring there um man it makes people sick it's just ugh. i don't i mean i we're not that old and we can remember a time when you could be friends with someone for years and not know their politics, and it wasn't a big deal. People actually used to marry some people of different political parties. Like, that's just, you know, unimaginable now. Yeah, that's true. It, you, you could actually live your life not caring about politics, and it wasn't, I don't know. It's, a, it's changed and not for the better. Yeah, that's agreed. I agree. Uh, for those who don't know what we're talking about, the Lord of the Rings uh, film, Literature in the New World Order, uh, Andrew Hoffman went on the James Corbett show and uh, talked about the Lord of the Rings. And uh, it's actually on our website. Just type in FLNWO um, and that will pop up with two episodes. One I did with him on Contagion and the one that Andrew did on Lord of the Rings. So uh, also, you can always just go to the source. But if you're already here, you can click on them here either in either way. But uh, you can always just go to CorbettReport.com. But, you know, many people probably forgot or didn't know that the allegory, uh, that the ring was an allegory for political power. That's possible. Yeah. You're, you're saying that's not common knowledge? I am definitely saying that's <laughs> not common knowledge. All right. I'm 100% saying this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think most people think deeper into stuff than uh, than a tweet. What? Uh, well, where do you want to go next? Do you want to read <clears throat> read an email, or you got a an article? Read Justice Thomas's blazing dissent in a uh, Pennsylvania election case is one for the ages. I thought that was good. I don't know if you read it. Uh, we don't necessarily need to read it now because it's uh, Supreme Court justice talking about laws and elections and such. But uh, I was, you know, I was really disappointed that the Supreme Court didn't actually see any of the election stuff. Uh, I firmly believe when everything was going down in November. I just thought, you know, what's going to, you know, wait, wait, wait. This is going to hit the Supreme Court sometime in early December. And mm -hmm. this, it's going to be awesome because Clarence Thomas was the one who was, what do you call it, a high-tech lynching. He took a high-tech lynching from Joe Biden uh, when he was uh, questioned about becoming a, the first black Supreme Court justice uh, by a, a, a committee full of people who were basically asking almost racist questions. And then that was the one where they made up a whole bunch of stuff about his intern or they, it was unconfirmed reports and just a really weird situation. But that whole thing was like a ring led by none other than Joe Biden. So <laughs> I was really looking forward to seeing a Supreme Court case where the dissenting, you know, opinion or possibly even the majority opinion was going to come from somebody who had been digitally or digitally uh, high tech lynched. <laughs> by uh joe biden which was not my words this was uh clarence thomas's own words um super super yes there were lots that... of memes yeah. with clarence thomas lasers out his eyes preparing yeah. for revenge and 
What yeah. do you know? Release the Kraken. Yeah. Nothing happened. So anyway, that's a good story. I do recommend people check that out. Uh, this was sent so, to. Well, just on, on this story. Um, so he says basically like we got to take these cases. You know, he says the refusal to do so is inexplicable. Well, I yeah. don't think it's inexplicable. If the goal is to push uh, conservatives, Trump supporters, people fed up with the system, to continue to poke and prod and goad and try to push people over the edge into violence and civil war. Because the message that this sends is, oh, you have no legal remedy. You know, the, you don't you don't think this is fair. You don't think it's just. Um, well, you, what are you going to do about it? And this is, you know, I, we talked about it last week. Uh, when you look at it through the lens of them trying the establishment trying to pit two sides and multiple sides against each other um, and cause a, cause violence cause ultimately a civil war this is this is explicable it does make sense yeah if you look at it from actual like legal reasoning um, if you can't get if you can't get your case heard in court, where are you supposed to get it? You know, what are you supposed to do? Right. So that's that's a, a rotten situation because first they said, oh, you can't, um, the election hasn't happened, so you can't lodge a complaint um, until after the election. And they said, well, it's, it's, uh, the election already happened. It's too late. You can't. You can't. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like you missed the uh, the autumnal equinox at 9:57 <laughs> a.m. when you could have lodged this case successfully. There. Now, I, uh, it's a, you know, it's unjust for sure, and it. Uh, it's not so much the Supreme Court justices um, that everyone, I guess, knew was bad. It's like, oh, you mean Kavanaugh wasn't that great after all? And, uh, oh, what's what's her name? The the newest one, same thing. Tony Barrett. G- Gorsuch doesn't, isn't, uh, is pretty good. And he's the more, like, libertarian one, but. But the so-called conservative judges uh, not not looking too strong there. Nope, nope, I agree. Um, and that's the thing, right? Like the whole Pennsylvania thing. If you really read through that article, it you know he talks about all the laws that were changed in Pennsylvania. They went from three percent mail-in voting to about thirty-eight percent, and the whole thing. I just can't believe. I mean, I guess I can, but like. The coronavirus just, it took, it was so, was it so convenient? Because I really do think that so many things from the coronavirus were instituted for the overthrow of this election. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a much bigger, bigger deal at 
bigger thing at play because, you know, worldwide, uh, there's a lot of stuff happening. Uh, but I do think in this country, that's absolutely what it was used for. Uh, in, 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 in a weird way, you remember last summer when I covered Inslee, I, t- I, t- I read an article about a state senator who said that it was from Washington saying that basically because there's no special session, they can't actually debate or lodge complaint against any of the governor's orders because they're all at a stay-at-home session. He basically is like carte blanche the, the head Mm-hmm. I think that that, that what's going what happened was that happened at a state level in every state in the U.S. and so there was less actual government at work, less actual, and not that that's ever bad. Well, yeah, <laughs> everyone declared the emergency, and yep. it's the endless emergency. And if you didn't like the federal government's rules, well, you're not going to complain about it because guess what, Governor, whoever you know. You're not you get, get these funding. powers too, and you get to, you get to do press conferences, and people actually care about you, and you get to be a, you get to win an Emmy if you're Governor Cuomo, and that's, uh, you know the, the government. Uh, what's what was that uh, meme that went around that said if you if you give the government. Um, special powers when there's an emergency they will invent the emergency to get the special powers yeah that's a good and one that's, for sure you know i mean this is what we saw with 9-11 the endless war on terror that it's one crisis one emergency after another um you know in in everything whether it's uh, national security stuff, you know, we've got whole new departments, whole new branches of the military. Uh, we've got, you know, national um, health organ health in quotes organizations running things. You've got the World Health Organization. You know, this is it's good for uh, bureaucrats and it's bad for everyone else. And we sure. just get yeah. more and more of it. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing. Like, I think that's an underreported and that's in a world where there is actual reporting of any kind anywhere. Um, underreported story is just the, the state, the state stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, it was stuff was strangled, hold, you know, or strangled to death at home before it could even really like that, that Pennsylvania stuff that he talks about in that article it's like what in the world that they they changed? I mean, they were cha- they were changing stuff in like late October, early November, <laughs> like yeah. to make sure to make sure that everything went right. And there's nobody to stop it. There's no debate. There's no anything because all the, you know it's all you have to declare a special session in order to get the state legislature back in in play. So it's all everybody's on a Zoom call, you know, connection issues, voting from home, and they just changed the changed the rules. Must have been that benevolent group of people. Uh, the yeah, Time they, magazine covered. They fortified the election too. Fortifying the election. <laughs> so. um, this one, I guess we could kind of segue briefly into an email. We got this email from a cus- from a customer. That was like interesting. <laughs> like that. Got this email from a listener just the other day, um, and I thought that it was kind of important to read. Uh, this comment says, "Hey Tim and Andrew, uh, so glad you guys are back on the air." This is what's we'll called her Beth. 
I was wondering if uh, you had heard of the pastor of Grace Life Church in Alberta who has been arrested for holding regular services. He is the only one that I know that has been arrested so far and is being held indefinitely until his court date that, as far as I know, has not been set. I would like to... It would be great if you guys would talk about him. Very few people seem to be aware of this. Here are some links. If you could help spread awareness, this would be great. As I know, you have many Canadian listeners. Thanks from Beth. Well, thank you, Beth. Thank you very much for uh, sending that email and pointing that out to us. Um, did you read through these stories? Uh, I I did, and I, I had actually heard of that. Um, okay. I think it had kind of, well, let's see, 17. Made the round probably happened kind of like a I think it happened before our episode last week, but I hadn't seen it until Got it. after. So, Got it. And yeah. I wonder if there's any updates this is from the 16th, so I'd hate to be reading something from a week ago. You know, to I, I haven't seen anything that, you know, it's, they decided against uh, religious persecution. I haven't seen that. I don't, uh, I don't know for sure he's still in jail, but. Oh, uh, here we go. Uh, just as, uh, he's still in jail. Okay, he's so Pastor, yeah, Pastor James Coates to appeal bail condition preventing him from holding regular church services. So this is the important part. Uh, not the, I guess not the, I guess important part to the state. I mean, you and I can wax poetic about what the important part of this is, but uh, the Justice Center today announced that it is appealing the bail condition that has left Pastor James Coates of Grace. Life Community Church in person, uh, excuse me, in prison at the Edmonton Remand Center since February 16th, 2021. At a brief appearance before a judge earlier today, a three-day trial was scheduled for May 3rd through the 5th in provincial court in Stony Plain more than eight weeks from today. Pastor Coates is not a criminal... Eight weeks down the road is too long for an innocent pastor to be in jail. So uh, basically, uh, from what we learned in the previous two uh, articles, which I guess I can... Yeah, can so, so they said, uh, we'll let you out. You just have to promise uh, not to preach the gospel in church anymore. In person. Yeah. Which kind of sounds a lot like, you know, what they told uh, Paul in the New Testament. Uh, oh, we'll we'll let you go. You just can't uh, you just can't go around riling people up and preaching about Jesus. <laughs> Didn't they? T- that's a very good point. Didn't they tell Peter the same thing? Yeah. And some angel, some angel like literally comes and gets Peter out. And what does he do the following day in church preaching? the gospel? Yeah. <laughs> People are like, wait, so, didn't we just put this dude in jail? Yeah, good good for... Uh, so what, what's this getting... Um, let's see. What's the pastor's name? Pastor Coates. So anyway, good for him. Um, yeah. I hope people recognize what, <laughs> what's going on there. Yeah, no, it's it's not like uh, if you don't feel safe because of the COVIDs, you don't have to go to church, you know. <laughs> it's uh, but there's plenty of people who would rather um, 
take a little bit of risk uh, to to do what they're commanded in the Bible to do. So. Absolutely. Um, and then I don't. see any updates on this but john MacArthur went back to church remember, he, did you remember that this last summer or? yeah he, he went back um there was a, there was actually a group of uh pentecostal pastors in california that were were early they're like no you're not gonna shut us down but MacArthur, i think he actually uh he just went in opened up the doors and started preaching and then yep. a, you know a few people saw, saw that there was someone in there and came in and then the next week there were more and then so it wasn't like a a big uh, publicity deal he just decided he was having he was having uh, church service and this is yeah. from uh, Christian Post uh, September 25th judge refuses to hold John MacArthur Grace Community Church in contempt without trial. Um, basically, John MacArthur started preaching, and uh, they a bunch of people started showing up. So last week, MacArthur revealed that he recently received a letter threatening up to six months in jail if he continues holding indoor worship service. The county told the church it would terminate the lease for a parking lot the congregation had used for 45 years. Uh, John MacArthur's response, of course, my biblical hero, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, is the Apostle Paul. MacArthur said in an interview with Fox News, Laura Ingram, or Ingraham, and when uh, he went into town and uh, he didn't ask what the local hotel was like, he'd ask what the jail was like, because he knew that's where he was going to spend his time. <laughs> so I don't mind being a little apostolic. If they want to tuck me in jail, I'm open for a jail ministry, he continued. I've done a lot of other ministries and haven't had the opportunity to do that one, so bring it on. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Can we get some more men out there like John MacArthur? So, and he did it in communist California. He did it. He started preaching before he was supposed to back in church. In uh, so far, I just went to the website. I can't find anything about them being in any kind of trouble. Or I haven't heard anything. No, I think they, um, you know, I think they won. Yeah, I think they did. This it's poor the, guy up in Alberta, though. No? Yeah, apparently not. That's not up there. It's Canada not looking great. It's like, it's like communism light. Yeah, yeah. Canada's had its own issues for for quite a while i think it's probably you know probably a lot like the u.s where if you get outside of the major metropolitan areas it's probably a, a lot different story but but i think that's where this guy is man this guy is out of the one of the major ball this do you see this 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 church looks like a like a, like a warehouse Edmonton, Alberta, I guess. Maybe maybe Edmonton is a bigger city. I don't know. Yeah, it's well, I'm, it's not Toronto, but it's Edmonton, Alberta, north of the Saskatchewan River, with a population of okay, one a million four. So it's bigger than Seattle, isn't it? 
Yeah, absolutely. Seattle's actually super small. If you don't like, you don't count the Puget Sounds. Super small. So. So yes, that was a good a good email. Yeah, for sure. And we we got quite a few emails. So thank you, people, for sending those. And Tim doesn't feel that I'm sufficiently grateful for them, but but they there were some good emails. 753,000 people in the city of Seattle. However, in the Puget Sound area, we have almost 4 million, 3.98 million. Goodness gracious. So anyway, um, yeah, it was pretty cool to get these emails. Uh, Another email from somebody came through, Mr. Brendan. Hi, guys. First time listener. Around 30 minutes, you guys are talking about possible Biden replacements. I would like to suggest the name Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard was a member listed on the Council of Foreign Relations membership role website before being scrubbed from the page, way back machine becoming useful. Also, uh, how do you get on Rogan and The View? Also, why does Hillary attack from left field? Plenty more there, in my opinion. Stay well, guys. Brendan. Which I thought was a, some pretty, he brings up some good points. What are your thoughts on Tulsi? We haven't really talked this through. Oh, I mean, she's <laughs> huge fan. I can tell. Yeah, whatever. I mean, like better than <laughs> I have a higher opinion of her than most members of of the Democrats in Congress. But that's <laughs> really not saying much at all. So, so, so the, like, it, the, she's weird, right? Like, she's a veteran, and like. Some of the dudes from Black, Black Black Rifle Coffee talk about texting her and being in touch with her and things like that, which makes me kind of like her. But mm-hmm. it, you know, this, this I didn't know the CFR bit. Maybe we're all just being set up for her to kind of swoop in as the new. I don't know. I, I I I had tended to lean towards she was okay until hearing the CFR stuff, and then I'm almost all the way off now. Yeah, and it, at some level. I don't know that it matters because she's so war- so boring to listen right. to. She's going nowhere. Right. Like, so whether she's good or bad, it, you know, she should have, what she should do is run for Maisie Hirono's Senate seat. Like, yeah, please get Maisie Hirono out of there. For sure. But, for okay. sure. Okay, so uh, what's next? The, the person uh, who I think warrants further research is that. Uh, oh, what is her name? North Dakota uh, governor. North Christy Noam. Yep. She is being. There's I don't and it, this is what needs researching. What is the group that is behind her? Because there is a group behind her. She's getting positioned to either run for president or be the vice presidential candidate or something. Okay. Um, You know, this is, it's kind of like, obviously, I think it's probably a different group, but Barack Obama, you know, the state senator, and then speaking at the Democrat convention, everyone's saying, oh, 
you know, everyone in the media spontaneously having the same idea, like, oh, wouldn't it be great if he could run for president? But he's probably not experienced enough, but wouldn't it be great because he's awesome and he'd save everything and hope and change? And then what do you know? He ran for president and he, he won despite never having no one knowing about him before, you know, two years before he ran for president. So, right. So obviously not that group, but a group like that. Right. Putting them this forward. Is, we, when you see these people get media coverage over and over again. Yeah. Someone, someone is backing them. Um, it, it was kind of interesting to see, I guess some of the background stuff, uh, that's usually not public is becoming a little more public. I mean, Trump just kind of broke a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, the Koch brothers have been the boogeyman of liberals for years and years and years and years. Right. Oh Yeah. But the problem is they hate Trump. Yep. <laughs> so, and they they've openly you know plowed a uh, plowed a bunch of money into stopping them in 2016 and 2020. And the main thing is that the Koch brothers are all all about open borders and um, being able to get cheap labor. Trump was saying build the wall. Um, you know, take care of the, have people be able to get decent jobs in, in the U S and they've, um, he was absolutely kneecapped at some level. Um, I, I still think someone should have told him that he was the president and, and there was a lot he could do if he really wanted to do it. Um, but this is Paul, Paul Ryan was a Coke brothers, you know, operator there were there's a lot of them and there's still a lot of them and there's still that's part of the kind of inter-republican war going on is Koch brothers versus more of a populist uh popular uh grassroots position there so so old rich guys versus racist people <laughs> I think that's what we're supposed to think, right? Old, the uh, <laughs> it's the old rich establishment versus the uh, uh, new tech billionaire establishment, hmm. who are in reality joined together to take on any sort of opposition from either the quote far left or the far right. So it's being moderate means you, um, you know, you're Lindsey Graham and, and John McCain, right? You support yeah. all the wars and all the government programs and, uh, you know, just all the new world order stuff. So this article, uh, got attention, but I, I don't think it got attention for the right reasons. Um, Janet Yellen, who was, Fed chair under Obama. Um, and then Trump wanted to, you know, wanted Powell, who basically had the exact same policies, um, 
but she went and gave a bunch of speeches to banks for four years and made like 880 grand giving speeches um, because she's such an amazing speaker. Like the fact that the banks were paying her off for past and future work, I'm sure had nothing to do with it. Um, so she, she gives a speech and the key points that CNBC is saying here, uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen on Monday warned that Bitcoin is an extremely inefficient way to conduct monetary transactions. She spoke as the cryptocurrency's price tumbled in morning trading, but remained above $53,000. So anyway, so you go through the whole article, yada, 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 yada. And then, two paragraphs from the bottom. The Federal Reserve, where Yellen once served as chair has studied the issue and discussed the possibility of a new digital currency along with the payment system <laughs> it expects to roll out over the next several years. I think it could result in faster, safer, and cheaper payments, which I think are important goals, Yellen said. <laughs> this is this is FedCoin. Um, this is the Federal Reserve. Wouldn't it be aren't you tired of waiting for your government stimulus check? Just let the Federal Reserve just pop, you know, they those politicians finally get on the ball and pass it, and we'll just pop that money right into your account. So and, I'm, I have a question for you. Yeah. Can they do it? And what I mean by that is forget whether or not they want to, forget whether or not that's the goal. Just what they're saying that they're going to do can they do it? And what I'm saying, what they're saying they're going to do is they're going to take the dollar and they're going to make it digital. But they're going to digital dollar. But they're going to at the same time immunize the money, keep it strong, stop inflation, uh, not excuse me, not stop inflation, not have hyperinflation, and still remain the world's reserve currency. So my question to you: Can they do it? I don't think they even want to do it. But yeah, right. It, I agree. I, I don't think that's on the table. I think the plan yeah. is go to digi- digital dollar dues, make so many of them that it's irrelevant and, uh, you know, drive. And then know, go to the world, to... though. Like, yep. forget yep. about the Amero. We're going to the world, though. Yep. They're going to rob the Americans of more of their wealth through uh, inflation, which I, I I'm just not. I don't, I'm not, I'm not that guy. I'm not Peter Schiff. I'm not going to predict, you know, 10 out of the next three what? crashes. Yeah. But, <laughs> but and, and I, and I, and I, and I rag on him and I talk about the financial system and how it keeps going. I'm not saying it's good or bad, but it just keeps going one way or the other. But it, it doesn't look good right now. It doesn't look good. I mean, why does it, okay, well, so here's my next, here's my next here's question. The, why, go ahead. Let, let me throw this in there. She's making an argument um, that is actually, you know, somewhat true, but it misses okay, the entire point. Yep. Like, oh, it's an Bitcoin is an inefficient yep. form of of you know way to conduct transactions. Translation: We didn't create it. And true. We have no control over but it. But you're missing the point. No one cares that it's inefficient. The reason they care about Bitcoin and that they're excited about it is because the Federal Reserve doesn't get to decide, 
we're going to make a bunch more Bitcoins. The U.S. Congress doesn't get to decide, we're going to make a bunch more Bitcoins. The whole point is that it's outside of their control and decentralized. Now, who, whose control is it in? Is it really, you know, those are, but the, the argument that, oh, it's, it's not an efficient uh, way to conduct transactions, that misses the entire point on purpose, but. <laughs> definitely misses the point and the uh the stuff about fed coin at the end is the is the real point it'll be you know hey you know that i guess there was something good about that whole blockchain thing but we can do it better yeah yeah take by, the... oh and by the way uh you're not allowed to have the other stuff or we'll throw you in jail <laughs> it's like when uh it's like when philip morris bought What's the what's the popular vape? I should know this. Uh, Jewel. Philip Morris bought Jewel, and then that whole company started funding all these stories about how vape was bad and right. kids were doing it and everything else. And so it pushed all these other vape things off the market. So that hey, you'd be left with Jewel. Here's the here's the good one. Here's the good Jewel. Same yeah, sort of deal. We don't need small businesses making their own product and competing with the Philip Morrises of the world. No. I met a guy. He like literally like was a self-made millionaire, made a vape flavor. Like was putting together the the different nicotines and selling them, and it blew up and went you know nationwide and self-made millionaire. But now you know, we can't have him doing it. No, that's no good. So with the Bitcoin, um, somebody else controls. They don't control it at all, and that's kind of the great the great point, right? Uh, how smart is Russell Okung? It's just for yeah. all of our favorite things to be tied together <laughs> here uh, on the show. I don't know if you guys know, but before 2020, uh, Andrew and I were both pretty huge sports fans, and we would talk about sports on the show. One of the uh, former left tackles for the Seattle Seahawks, a gentleman named Russell Okung, uh, talked about the importance of uh, uh uh, players negotiating their own contracts left the Seahawks negotiated himself what everyone said was a horrible deal with the San Diego slash Los Angeles Chargers uh, had a very successful uh, two seasons there moved on then to Denver and is now with maybe still in Denver where is he, well, is no, he? no 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 he got traded Carolina. he got traded uh, from the Chargers to Carolina, and now he might be with a different team again. I was right. But... He maybe went to Denver first and traded the Chargers to Carolina. Either way, this last year negotiated his contract to be paid in Bitcoin, and he received it like three to four months ago. So you oh, do the he... math. I I follow him on uh, Twitter, and oh, he's about ninety percent of his tweets are are Bitcoin. And the rest are basically like, don't trust, don't trust yeah. the government with your kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But he got paid in Bitcoin, and people are starting to wake up to that sort of stuff and uh, really starting to see it. If I told my Bitcoin, I'm sure I've told it, but I remember talking my buddy out of it when it was like twenty cents. I was like, dude, this is dumb. You don't need to be mining these imaginary <laughs> coins. Well, you know, as I had just. Uh, I just listened to old Max Kaiser and bought some $50 silver. 
to crash J.P. Morgan. That didn't exactly work out. And so then he's like, hey, you know, silver, forget silver. Let's let's start buying this Bitcoin that's like a dollar a piece. It's like, why would a Bitcoin be worth a whole dollar? Come on. I'm not doing that. I know. I remember I emailed uh, I emailed uh, James about something and he got back to me. He's like, oh, yeah, I was in this episode. And it was the Bitcoin episode. And James actually had a dude on the show who like traveled across the country spending bitcoin as he went yeah which in, to, in today's dollars is like <laughs> the, dude, the dude spent like 400 million dollars yeah <laughs> <laughs> to, get, to get back and forth across the country oh yeah yeah oh <laughs> uh, yeah that's it i'm an investing genius tim so. how soon do we get in though i mean i hit 58 earlier this week every time i, I like turn that part of my like news off i, I hear like over here somebody at work say it's at 58 now it's like oh my <laughs> gosh this thing hit fifty-eight thousand. yeah crazy crazy that's like the old the, the joke that keeps getting revised you know it's like hundred dollar bitcoin it's a it's gonna crash. Thousand dollar Bitcoin. That's gonna crash. Twenty thousand dollar Bitcoin. That's gonna crash. Fifty thousand dollar Bitcoin. Where can I buy some? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it was three thousand dollars last March. I mean, we last, are yeah. We are two, three weeks away from a year anniversary of three thousand dollars. No, I, I I bought you know like a few hundred dollars worth when it was. Uh, um like six thousand yeah and then uh you know made the savvy move of selling it all when it got up close to 20 you know close to the all-time highs i mean brilliant (laughs) at the time i mean to be fair it dropped way down after 20 yeah remember yeah i mean to be honest if I'm all for like it crashing down to crazy low levels because you know, but the, everyone's thinking the same thing, right? Yeah. Like it. Yeah. I mean, here's the crazy thing, right? I was talking about this with 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 uh, some people at work the other day, but you know, a thousand years ago, some of the people that were, you know, going to be in charge of stuff were like big dudes who could amass an army and go out and take over things right like that was you know they go out and kill things you know they'd have the furs they trade things (laughs) they do you know they get the women they get the the shelter they get you know they you know they can carry a two-handed axe they can fight battles these are the guys who are going to kind of maraud the the earth and, and rule the world Nowadays, we have dudes who just, like, sit at home and, like, mine these imaginary coins on their graphics card, like. (laughs) Yeah, I don't, they don't, it's not even an active process, is it? It's just getting a bunch of shoebox computers and finding a cheap source of electricity? Uh, Yeah, no, I think. Not necessarily shoebox computers. I think it does take some graphics processing power, like, like, legit. Like, because I was talking to a buddy about it, and he said that you know he was in a need to buy three or four 
couple thousand dollar graphics cards just to make the coins. Now I don't know if that's still the way it's made. I'm not I'm not a pro on that sort of stuff, but you have to basically it's a, it has to solve a certain equation, right, or something to this effect. Yeah, and but they like, they're, they're all these. Computers they get from from China and they're shaped about the size of a shoebox and they stack them up. And the the major expense is um, cooling because they generate a bunch of heat. So you, your electricity bill is your biggest expense. There's a Bitcoin mining place here in town, and uh, you know it's a it's a small city here. Right? We're talking like single-digit employees probably work for the city. Right. And so they're like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, we'll get you some, some more power hooked up. And so they got them power hooked up, but didn't uh, get, like, the special meter that they needed to get on there for, you know, like a couple months. The guy told me they probably ended up giving him, like, $50,000 worth of free electricity. <laughs> From not getting the the meter on in time, but anyway, we'll get to it. Yeah. Good. Hey, anytime the government loses, I'm I'm happy. Yeah. So extremely inefficient Bitcoin from Janet Yellen. That's the pot calling the kettle black. But thank you. <laughs> we have a, a tweet from who is this? Let's get into your other tweet. Uh, oh, here we go. Do not be gaslit. What do we got? Yeah, yeah, we got a clip from Sarah Gonzalez. All right, here we go. It's pretty short. Look, America, do not, do not be gaslit by this man. This no. man is the biggest Talking con about Fauci. Man in the federal government. Oh, hold on a second. This is Dr. Fauci. Absolutely. In the federal look, America. Look, America, do not, do not be gaslit by this man. This no. man is the biggest. Con man yeah, in the he's, federal government that I think has this, ever existed uh, in this federal government, and that's saying a lot because there have been a lot of con men who have come along the way, uh, none as cunning as Dr. Anthony Fauci. So do not be gaslit by him, okay? As Eric said, we still have yet to see the studies that back all of this up. So the more that he says, obviously masks work, the more that the mainstream media repeats this, well, everyone knows that masks work. Well, everyone knows this. Well, obviously we know this. No, actually we don't, exactly. okay? And the more that Dr. Anthony Fauci and everyone else says it does not make it more true. So I just wanna let you guys know that because I know that there are a lot of frustrated Americans out there um, who are really tired of living this way. And um, I don't think you should anymore. All right, just stop. Stop wearing the masks. Stop doing right. all of this. That's right. Just stop it because this is not going to stop until we stop That's it right. ourselves. Nailed it. That came out of Glenn Beck's operation. Can you believe that? Uh, it's better than anything I've ever heard Glenn Beck say, I'll tell you that. But. Yeah. Glenn Beck, Black, Glenn Black, Glenn, 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 Glenn Black, Glenn Black always has an angle. He's always trying to sell you some, some deal. He's a, he's a spook. He's a handler. I don't know what's going on with him, but yeah, it's a, that's a, that's a great rant. Yeah, kind of similar to what we've said. 
Like his, Dr. Fauci is a, is, is atrocious, and and it's it's insane that like she says just because he keeps saying and the mainstream media keeps saying doesn't mean it's real. And I'm just like, I was at the store today, and I think there's a lot of people who do think it's real. So <laughs> I saw my, I saw I saw another double but, masker today. But the the part that she's that I like the most is this ends when we decide. It is. Absolutely. If they are, if they, every, Anthony yes. Fauci is not going to decide. Nope. Oh, okay. We've we've messed with people enough. We're you know I'm I'm sick of the control. I'm sick of being super famous. I'm sick of getting you know worshipped and dolls made out of of me. I'm just going to tell people to go back to living normal lives. No, no, no. That's that will literally never happen. So either people uh, decide we're not doing it anymore, and there's I should have put an article in about it, but there's a group of several hundred businesses in California that that's, that's what they're saying. Uh, we're not closing. We're opening up. You know, it's come arrest us or or come support our business. So uh, and that that's what it's going to take. And what you'll see. And to a little tiny bit, you're already seeing it. The government um, does not want it to get to the full stage uh, rebellion, right? The full stage civil disobedience. So they're already, oh, well, you know, cases are dropping a lot. Uh, Here in Oregon, it's, oh, this county, you know, the county next to mine, um, went from extreme threat level to low threat level amazing like in two weeks like how does that happen and it's like oh oh yeah yeah go ahead and uh go ahead and open your uh your restaurants again that's okay (laughs) it's okay now it was the end of the world if you did it two weeks ago and and uh not today mind you but this friday magically uh this friday it all becomes okay again so when they when they see people start to stand up, this it's the same thing when people were all going to protest the TSA um, crotch grabbing and and oh, yeah. scanners and all that. They just waved everyone through, right? Um, and that will happen, and we can take off our masks and be done with this thing uh, until their next scam. Uh, but it's going to it's going to be initiated by people doing it on their own. There's this is not going to be a government official saying, "Okay, go ahead," because it's they'll say, "Okay, go ahead," after people have already decided we're done. So, no, I I couldn't agree more, man. And I couldn't I couldn't agree more. How do we get this message out there? Like, how yeah. do we tell people to that this is it? We have to stop. When we stop, yeah. it stops. Like it's and, just. And I, I getting, think, I'm you know, glared they, at, I'm getting glared at again today, at the skate park, for being one of two adults at the skate park <laughs> around a bajillion children. You know, not a bajillion, but probably ten or twelve kids, and you know, two or three of them are actually wearing masks, and their <laughs> her parents are their parents are masked and standing on the sidelines staring. Yeah, and I'm I'm just not having it. I'm not making yeah. eye contact. I'm not. I don't care, man. 
You're not putting a mask on my four-year-old that's outside. I'm not putting one on. Your kids keep coming up and talking to me and giving me a fist bump. I'm not going to stop. It's We're fine. We're fine. Everything is fine. You're the problem. Yeah. We're outside. We're outside. Even if this this magical asymptomatic we get spread... One- we get thing. one sunny day every two months. Like, come on, people. Yeah. I'm anyway. It just, <laughs> but I'm but I'm still getting the double mask glare before people are yeah. just looking at me. And I'm just I'm not even I'm not even looking at them. I have no patience for it. I don't know. Don't talk to me in front of my kid. Don't try to corner me and tell me I'm doing something I'm not having it. I'm just not having it. But I say all that with a big rah, 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 rah. this is how this is how tough I am. But like I go to work and my employer is like, Do you want to work here? And I'm like, I do. And they're like, You have to put on a mask. And I'm like, ah. Yeah. But then but then it's like it's not I can't just go like, hey, Mr. Manager, your rule stinks. Cause then I'd have to go, Hey, Mr. Owner, your rule stinks. And then the owner would be like, Well, hey, like the governor has shut other dealerships down for people Mm -hmm. coming in and not masking up. So what am I supposed to do? Right. And then all those people at that level, by the way, I think we've talked about this. They're all getting the Paycheck Protection Program. So they're all getting like a couple million dollars in the back end because they kept all their businesses open. That's why nobody's suing because all the people who have the time and the money to sue, you know, your your high high middle income or high middle class you know, millionaires. Yeah, kind of, kind of, right. Yeah. Those people, they're not suing the government because they're getting money. Hey, sorry, your business was horrible this year. We'll send you a check for a million dollars. Yeah. You're not going to sue. And I talk to these no, people on a, you... on a daily basis, and that's kind of where we are. I talked to one couple. They had, a, I think I told you about them. They had a restaurant down in uh, down in Portland. And uh, sure enough, they had had their restaurant in Portland closed all year. They just opened it up for first time two, three weeks ago. They've been paying their employees this entire time, mm-hmm. losing money. And uh, they just got a letter a few weeks back. Yeah, you know, we lost a bunch of money. It's not good. But, you know, the, we're getting a check for a million dollars next week. So hopefully that makes up for it and we can try to. And like, just so we're clear out there, people, these, uh, these, these people are not hitting the jackpot. It sounded to me like they probably lost close to that amount mm-hmm. or, if, or, you know, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. But th- that's that's why none of your kind of upper middle class people are going after the government, state governments and suing them is because they're all getting kickbacks. They're all getting money. Yeah, Which I this think was is another little understood part of the whole pandemic that we're going through. Right. This was targeted. So there's. um at one level, like Amazon, um, I'm sure Walmart's done well, but Amazon uh, and then the, te- the tech companies. So they've not only not lost revenue, they've in massively increased revenue because, oh, I'm stuck at home. I'll buy stuff on Amazon. Yeah. And, oh, it's unsafe to go out. I'll buy stuff on Amazon. So my friend there, still has there's a that angle. Well, Sorry. let me let me Sorry. go down to the, the other section. So at the bottom, there's people kind of a the mom and pop business level where um, kind of it's just their shop. Like they're toast. Yep. They're done. Absolutely. They're not getting paycheck protection program. Yep. They're not getting anything. Less than, less your, than li- your little shop. 
your little shop, probably toast. Yep. Probably done. And that was absolutely intentional, and that benefits the huge retailers and the huge online retailers, especially Amazon. And then in between, the people that could have, you know, joining with the mom and pops actually done something, they're the people that are getting the paycheck protection payoffs. Yep. And it's it's both to pay off the owners and then also to pay off their employees because it, are you really going to get that upset? You know, sitting at home, working from home, and yep. you know, I, I'm in that That's boat. I'm, I'm, you know, I've got a a three second commute every day to stumble over from the bed and turn on the computer and turn on the phone. You know, it, this is not hard. Uh, <laughs> and I I get to be around my kids and stuff, which isn't always great when you're trying to to get work done, but it's. <laughs> It is nice. It's nicer than not seeing your kids for 10 hours till you get home. So, you know, it's this is not accidental. It's not something that um, just happened or this is the, what the science says or anything like that. It's a designed implosion of um, kind of the old economy and they're getting ready to build back better. Yeah. And that's what economy wise healthcare wise everything and i think i'm coming more and more to the conclusion that we are indeed supposed to know that it's all unjust and unfair and that's that's part of the propaganda is not to convince us that everything is okay anymore it's getting people riled up um to basically fight each other instead of Instead of the actual enemy. Yeah. Although, you know, either there's people behind Bill Gates or he is just so dumb that he thinks he listens to all kind of the sycophants around him telling, oh, yeah, you're great, Bill. People love you, Bill. Um, But he, you know... He even admitted, he's like, well, there's millions of comments, you know, uh, people saying these horrible, untrue things about me. But, uh, you know, I don't know how many of those are bots or <laughs> so it, I, it's kind of like they're setting Bill Gates up to take the fall, too. But we'll I mean, he's he's too exposed. It's just he's too. I mean, yeah. Who even even your biggest believers like. They're like, oh, bills, bills, bills out for my interest. Is that is that a thing? I don't think that's a thing. No, I, I guess um, uh, maybe people that work for him, maybe. I mean, because I mean, amongst the group I'm talking about, Fauci is like they still believe in this Fauci, Fauci for president, all this crap. You know that on no agenda, Adam Curry talks about the. Uh, when you manipulate the media to kind of get stuff out of it, it eventually boomerangs back around. And we're, we're seeing that with Cuomo. And I think we'll see that with Fauci. Oh, I cannot wait. When does it come? <laughs> and it'll feel great. Um, but at the same time, you know, when, when Fauci retires in disgrace or whatever, that that's not the end of the, the system. Yeah. I have a buddy who still has a neighbor 
who has a, who still has a neighbor. I have a buddy who has a neighbor who still to this day quarantines at home, and then when they get a poc- package from Amazon, no. open the door, walk out, spray it down with disinfectant, no. wipe it with a paper towel, and go back in the house. I, I... Every day, every day they do this. I was speaking with another uh, couple uh, recently, very well to do. Uh, they had a different sort of approach than I do, um, but I respected it. They believed in the COVID baloney. They believed in all of this, you know, and I do believe it exists. So just so we're all clear here, I just don't think it's near as deadly as we've been told or uh, near as uh, transmissible. And it's definitely just not as near. It's just this. I mean, not, we've been told it's not deadly. I just don't understand why everybody's so scared of it. So anyway, um, but these people, so they believe, hey, the masks help. They believe they're they're going to be first in line for the vaccine. So very kind of far away from where I am with things. Um, but I really respected their approach because they were like, we're not just going to sit at home and not live our lives. Like, this right. is crazy. And we got to get out and live our lives. And so this mask is an inconvenience. But, you know, people are still living out here and doing stuff. And I'm we're just going to keep living our lives. And I was like, I was like. You know, here we disagree on something, but like, I totally respect how you're coming at this. You're like, dude, this is inconvenient. I believe, you know, this is this, but my mask helps and I'm going to go out and I'm going to live my life. And it's like, I can respect that. That's awesome. But it's the people who are like, just, just freaking, just shaking, just sit in the house, just freaking shaking and just mm-hmm. glaring, glaring at me for going to dare going to the skate park with my son and not wearing a mask. Like, you know, like, what are you doing? You can't do that. You know, ordering all their food, you know, how how blessed, how lucky you are to be able to just order, you know, have some other poor person go pick up all your groceries for you and bring it <laughs> to your house. You know, how lucky for you that you can just have some underpaid Amazon employee bring you everything that you want while you sit on your high horse and watch Netflix and Zoom call from home. I mean, like, the, anyway, my point is with this couple... They brought up an interesting point, and he's like, "We have a lot of friends that are just like the people I'm describing now." And I said, "Yeah, yeah, I, I have those friends too, and I know of those people as well." And he, he just said to me, "He says, man, thought of you was, the transition is going to be difficult." I said, "What do you mean?" He goes, "When things start to go back to normal, those of us who've been out here living our normal lives with masks on are going to be way ahead of some of these people who are going to be like coming out of their house." Having not spoken to people, and like they start talking about how they know people who like they call them on the phone. They're like, that guy's starting to lose it, <laughs> like mm. because yeah. there's a lot of people and they're like stuck at home. They're not doing anything. They're really not going out. They're really not socializing. They're re- and hey, I you know lucky me. I really am blessed. I have a family. I have three other human beings to talk to, two of which can talk back to me, um, <laughs> <laughs> and a dog. Right, but I mean. But could you imagine being like 20 something years old, right. single and trying to date? I mean, by yourself, you're supposed to be by yourself. And then when you there's this, you know, my wife was talking about the other day, there's this whole new social blanket that's been thrown over interaction with other human beings. That's like you have to kind of feel out like, oh, how offended are they going to be about a mask? Do I need to wear a mask? Do I not wear a mask? Or, OK, they're cool with no mask, but like, are they going to stay away from me? Oh, they're not going to stay. OK. But can we go out together? Nope, we can't go out together. Like, there's this whole mm-hmm. thing you have to like kind of feel out. Like, hey, where are they on the COVID scale? Are they like, you know, 
the ones who were just not not going to come outside and stop ordering DoorDash until the vaccine is injected in the arm? Or are they the ones who are just going to, you know, make reservations of the hotels all over the state and drive all over the place and no, wear no masks and uh, just live their life? Like, I don't know. Like, you know, the, these are this is the this is the scale of people you got to figure out, you know, who you're dealing with. And it's it's it's, it's tough. Anyway, I thought that was an interesting point. Just the uh, reentry will be hard. Yeah. And uh, let's hope that's a hard thing that we have to deal with soon. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's brutal. Think? And, you know, to connect back to what we were talking about earlier, it's the, the, the part of the shutdown is to introduce, you know, the so called stimulus payments. UBI. Which, right, and then it'll be like, oh, well, and you you already hear it. Yeah. Uh, you know, only like Yang and whatever to talk about UBI openly, but you already hear like, oh, people, it's not once a year they pay their rent, it's every month, and they need, you know, they're laying the groundwork, and then it, again... Oh yeah, it'll it'll be right into your uh, bank account. You know, it's secure on the blockchain. So we'll, all those problems we had before and all that, um, those scams in California and Washington and other places that all be taken care of. It'll be, you know, 100% secure. And oh yeah, we are we are gonna want you for this next payment. Uh, you will get a little bonus if you've. If you've had the vaccine, so we're gonna we're gonna tie your medical records in there too, which was uh, conveniently that was all made possible through Obamacare and the uh, modernization of elect- of healthcare records and and what have you. So the, it's all coming, and it it will keep going um, as far as people allow it, and it Until will stop, stop when people stop it. And it, you know, and I'm all for the approach of just going out, like you talked about, going to the skate park without a mask, going and doing normal stuff in a normal way, and you, you make the tyrants act like the tyrants. You don't storm the Capitol. (laughs) You, you just live your life in a normal, sane fashion, and let the insane power and control freaks uh, try to stop it because because they will you know whether you're a pastor that's what kind of what pastors do is they <laughs> uh, preach on on Sundays at church and it's you know whatever it is you do um, I guess look for those ways to do something uh, you know uh, something normal and something peaceful, but something that um, is is pushing the pushing the envelope and pushing for freedom back in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. Or just being nice, picking people up that are on the side of the road, or you know, giving away things that people need. People are in a time of need right now, and just doing living your life normally, and then helping out those you can. 
Yeah, yeah I mean, like, what you're saying that people can't uh, just make it on six hundred dollars? It's not not gonna work. <laughs> yeah, but maybe yeah. if it was fourteen hundred or two thousand, oh, that'd be fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I don't I don't know that the show gets any better than that uh, rant there. I guess we got a few stories that we could cover. At least cover the titles. They will be in the show notes. What's this? My story of working with Governor Cuomo. That's the one of the people who is accusing him of sexual harassment. Just more details on it. Let's play strip poker. Yeah. Good old, ugh. Good old <laughs> Cuomo. I mean, like you, you read it, and to me, I mean, sometimes you read stuff, and it's like, uh, you know, who who knows? He said, she said, and this is like, not all of that sounds like Cuomo, but. <laughs> All right, uh, Citizen Free Press, Joe Biden, leader of the free world. What do we got uh, here? It's just a, a really short clip if you want to play it. Okay, fair enough. Let's give it a whirl. It's our newfound power. Our support for the release of the detained Chinese, detained in China, two Canadians, Michael Spavar and Michael Koving. Koving, excuse me. Human beings are not bartering chips. Yeah, yeah. So, so if you're a um, family member of one of those people, you, you you feeling good about your chances of seeing your loved your loved one ever again? You know, in a lot of ways, I would say this is elder abuse to even play this clip or have this clip. But this man is in charge, so it's open season. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm sh- I'm sure he'll uh, he'll get those uh, Can- which I'm not even really sure why he's talking about the Canadian prisoners in China, but kind of like the you know let let Trudeau figure it out. But anyway, <laughs> what about the Trudeau? What about the Canadian pris- uh, Canadian prisoners in Canada? Yeah, yeah. Like, let's let Trudeau figure out why there's a pastor in jail. Yeah. Before we start talking about China. Yeah. Good old China. If you heard, uh, well, I don't, I don't want to get into it now. What, but what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Did you hear the any of the town hall clips? No. Joe Biden, Anderson Cooper. Oh, no. Like, the, the most softball things ever so he ends up taking a tough question about china right and he he gives an explanation which to me sounds like something he heard president g say and then he just repeated it with the same joe would never just repeat something he heard (laughs) you know kind of butchered it but just repeating what he heard someone say. He said, oh, you know, China, the only time it's been bad in the world was when it was it was splintered. And when it's one strong China, it's a, you know, it's really good for the whole world. And it's like, what? What? No one thinks that. <laughs> oh, if you're not a member of the CCP, this is not something that anyone 
you know, I mean, maybe he's getting that from his foreign policy people. But this is I, what they told me to say. Is it not right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was it was bad. But. So yes, I threw that in there because what is Trump doing appealing to rejoin Facebook and Instagram? This is oh. not okay. You don't this think is so? not the Trump I know. No. You start your own thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, he actually that's, has the money to do it. You know, that's, that is the right move. Yeah. Well, it, and it's, uh, it's what he did with the, with the actors guild. Like they were going to, um, boot him out. And he said, you can't boot me out. Cause I quit. And they said, oh, you can't quit because we booted you out. Just, you know, <laughs> that's his usual move. But Right. So. Anyway, um, the Intercept article, if you weren't aware that your uh, cell phone is a um, FBI tracking and tracing device, you should read that article. So. Basically, they're tracking. Let me guess, white supremacists at the Capitol. They they um, declared an emergency. They said it was an emergency situation. I'm the, so you know what, said, Andrew. We, I'm about to declare an emergency myself. Go get me some money. They said go out we, of the bank and let them know I have an emergency at my house. There's water in my crawl space. <laughs> I need money. And I can break the rules for like at least four days until this is fixed. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think rules. it works. So there's no, there's no actual money in the bank, so don't go to the bank. No, no, can I call Janet? Hey, can you, can you <laughs> yeah. transfer some of those dollar didgeridoos? <laughs> yeah. Can you transfer? Hey, hey, call Russell Okun. You got any more of them Bitcoin? So they, um, they said it was an emergency situation, so no warrants needed. They just uh, thousands of phone and electronic Bro, records. Bro, it was an emergency. <laughs> and in, including uh, members of Congress. <laughs> just everyone. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Sounds so. legit. Just, just, just take everybody's phone records. It's an emergency. There's I feel people, like you don't understand what emergency people means. walking. Inside the building after Capitol Police opened the door and waved them in. <laughs> While Locked main... those people up for 20 years. <laughs> While staying within the velvet rope as they enter. Yeah. This is baloney. We can't have this. Oh, should I, I should have played this right after I played your uh, your your Joe Biden quote. Your, your Joe Biden tweet there. Our support for the release of the detained Chinese, detained in China, two Canadians, Michael Spavar and Michael Koving. Koving, excuse me. Human beings are not bartering chips. I have no idea what you're talking about. No, not that one. Okay. <laughs> but oh, it should have been this one. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything 
that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> uh, I gotta get quicker on my clips. It's a, a film classic. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's left? Uh, Trump appeals suspension. Spe- yeah, we got. Speaking the, we got of uh, Adam Sandler movies, it was the 25-year anniversary of Happy Gilmore. Do you feel old? Oh. Yes, I definitely do. Definitely do. I feel like that just came out. I mean, I don't feel like it just came out, but I remember when it did. Yeah, I remember Maybe. when it did. I was I was uh, down at Langdon Farms. This is, you know, in the months after it came out. And there was a grown man on the driving range doing the Happy Gilmore swing at an entire large bucket of balls. <laughs> never making decent contact with any of them and he just kept kept doing it it's like what what are you doing man it's a movie <laughs> like, it doesn't actually work but it's... okay so is the punchline of this joke that that man <laughs> no, was Charles no... Barkley <laughs> No, there's no further. Charles Barkley would not be able to touch the ball if he tried to hit it like that. But, yeah. Oh my goodness! Okay, there is Charles this... Barkley. I I um, played golf with a guy who worked at uh, Moon Valley, which is one of the courses Charles Barkley's a member at. Right. And he has a good reputation for being like a generous tipper and like nice to employee type guy so yeah no i know also he has a golf swing and and he's actually you know always beware of people in televised golf swings just maybe uh especially if they gamble they they just might be setting something up for for the future so. There you go. So uh, this last article fits well together with a podcast that uh, Andrew just, or excuse me, that James just put out. Really simple syndication where he is talking about RSS. Mm-hmm. Um, and right here in our show folder, can anyone moderate podcasts? <laughs> <gasps> Won't anyone rid me of this meddlesome priest? <laughs> Same energy. <laughs> when former White House advisor turned podcaster Steve Bannon called for the beheading of Anthony Fauci, which is totally different when said in jest than actually drawing it up and posting it to Twitter. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Call for the beheading of Dr. Anthony Fauci and FBI Director Christopher Wray. The tech form, the tech platforms reacted. Twitter, YouTube, and Spotify. How did Spotify get thrown into this? Like, Spotify loses money year after year. They're like, yeah, we're part of the big boy club now. We got Joe Rogan after all. Twitter, <laughs> YouTube, and Spotify all banned him on his podcast relatively quickly, cutting off access to the millions of users. 
Apple Podcasts, however, took a different stance. The most popular podcast app let the show stay live in its directory, so that months later when Bannon encourages listeners to converge on the Capitol and protest the election results. He absolutely did not do that. No, he didn't. People still had an easy way to access his thoughts. (gasps) Oh, no. No. You can't access the thought criminal's thoughts. His show, even this week, ranks among Apple's podcasts, top 20 podcasts. Huh, it's almost like there's a completely different viewpoint of what's going on in our country and the direction of it. And it's, lots it's of people interesting are interested that in listening to that. She just asserts that he called for the beheading. Like, like, wouldn't you put that in quotes? Like, what's the quote? Yeah. <laughs> Or maybe a clip. You know, there is this thing you can you can put a link to, to yeah. hearing him say the evil words. But anyway, yeah. I just called for an emergency. Yeah. You heard me. You threatened I mean, to rob a bank. I did. I threatened to rob you, a bank. You called for you called for bank robbery. I did call for Pretty bank sure robbery. That's illegal. Because there's standing water in my crawl space. So <laughs> let's get this good. Let's get this show on the road. I clearly called for that. That's what podcasts are about. You got to stop them. Stop podcasts. All of them. A story from ProPublica in January pointed out the dangers of not moderating someone like Bannon. It's reasonable to want Apple not to benefit uh, from clearly harmful voices. But the incident speaks to how unprepared the podcast industry is to moderate. Companies face huge challenges in even finding infringing content. There's little to no transparency from the big players in how they monitor their listing apps. I'm going to tell you guys right now, Verge, they don't. Plus, <laughs> people in the space have a real have real philosophical concerns about the extent to which podcasting's open ecosystem should be policed. We have to police the open ecosystem. This is capital. Wait. A disparate <laughs> a disparate network of companies make podcast make the podcasting world. No they don't. They like to pretend they do, but they don't including apps, hosting services, sales teams, and networks. Moderations will need to happen across all these companies for it to be effective. In this current moment, that that effort doesn't work the way it does on tech monoliths like Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, which can remove someone with the push of a button. Put simply, podcasting isn't ready for full-scale widespread moderation, if that's even what the industry wants. So let me explain to you, The Verge, what the difference is. The podcasts are on the internet. (laughs) That's it. Your baloney and all of your social media, you know, socio experiments and getting people angry at each other and all that stuff takes place within a company that is on the internet, a place that we don't have to go. And that we so clearly, if we do go to, can be kicked off of. So now out here in not AOL, where people make RSS feeds, write what they think, respond how they want, or go to the next page, there's no control. Eventually, they're going to have to do DNS, but we're a long time from that, so enjoy the golden age of podcasting, <laughs> because there's no, it's not going away, and with podcasting 2.0 well, they, from, from uh, Adam Curry, 
and uh, it's just it, it's 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 almost future proof. So the next step is, I mean, you can intimidate podcasters, right? So somebody could come to me and be like, "Hey, Tim, we'll put more water in your crawl space. <laughs> <laughs> you keep making these podcasts talking about Jesus and not liking the government or Dr. Fauci." And then I could be taken off the air. Otherwise, I mean, I can't be taken off the air. I mean, right? Like that's what this yeah. is how this works. You can't, you can't do this. You can't do this in the internet. It's this is the internet. The internet. We we only take ourselves off the air. Yeah, we we do <laughs> from time to time. See twenty nineteen and twenty seventeen. Okay, but anyway. Um, Remember when, remember when, was it Obama hold, held a rifle? It was like, hey, they were like, hey, don't Photoshop this. <laughs> oh, yeah. hey, nobody should Photoshop this image. Like, everybody's like, oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's too late for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this, this article goes on and on and on. And it just talks about, they even get into Parler. They booted Parler. They did this. They did that. But there's no way to stop these podcasts. This is where free thought still lives. So, uh, and I don't mean here, I mean in podcasting. So search your podcast players, search the RSS feed, search, you know, find stuff. Look on websites you like to go to, see if there is an RSS feed, hook yourself up to it, um, get, get, uh, get stuff delivered right to you. Uh, for now, podcasts can stay. Uh, they can't moderate them, even though they so desperately want to. You know, but these are all the same. The, the, people, listen to me, please. These are the same people who are writing these articles that decided to take NPR and take all the ads out. Actually, no, leave the ads in. Literally just take what they put on the air and put it in a condensed form 20-minute MP3 and be like, hey, check out this podcast we made. Right. And this is their podcast. Like These are the same people who are writing this. The serial podcast, which is like a, a short story, it's like an audio book. Like you don't, people don't even know what podcasts are. We've been doing this for eleven years. No, how long? Nine years. Nine years. We've been doing this for nine years. Chris White was doing this in back in two thousand eight, two thousand seven, mm-hmm. debunking major YouTubers at the time, major like thought leaders, debunking Zeitgeist, debunking Jordan Maxwell, debunk. All ancient through what? aliens. Oh. Yeah, ancient <laughs> aliens. All through what? Pod. You did a lot of it through YouTube, but you did most of it through podcasting. And now you guys come out and you make your podcast, and Joe Rogan goes on Spotify, and now we have you know the audio lab. So this person says, and then like they play like two things they say, and then he sa- and then like they, they kind of zone out what they're saying. They says he goes on to say this, 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 that, and this, and this, and that, and this, and then go it goes on. It doesn't actually actually complete any thoughts. It's just mainstream media condensed into twenty minutes that they call a podcast. There's often even ads. It's amazing. It's it's not a podcast. So yeah. these people, these people want to do podcasts these are people who want to who want to moderate podcasts now the same people are writing this article worrying about moderating the podcast if i would have pitched to you that perfect example that somebody would want to listen to three hours of talking any day of any week much less five days a week in the late 80s early 90s would you <laughs> think that that was going to happen 
Do you think that anybody would want to? No, you wouldn't. But Rush Limbaugh proved that it was absolutely possible. And they put it on the radio and he made millions and millions of dollars. 20 years later, if I told you that people were going to make three-hour podcasts, was anybody going to have time to listen? You'd probably say no. But this happens. Joe Rogan, No Agenda, you know James Corbett, Chris White. These people all make podcasts that are oftentimes more than an hour long. And guess what? People listen. They don't know what to do with podcasting. And it's like the greatest thing I read all week. They want to edit it. They want to keep us from thought criminals named Steve Bannon. And they have no ability to do so. Thank much, much thanks to Adam Curry and the, and the invention of RSFs. Yes. Yeah. Do you have a recommendation for a device that's not a phone for podcasts? Not yet, man. Not yet. I think I'll, I'll get there eventually. I remember really loving... How did I do it before I got the phone? Because I was a podcast head long ago. Long, long ago. I think well, I just I've, had a, I mean, I, I mean, literally what it got the name from. I think I just had an iPod. <laughs> that no, I, would, I, I have the... I still use an iPod Classic. Nice. From, you know, 2006, 7, maybe 8, but I think it was 6 or 7. You still have it? It still works? Well, that's the thing. It's, like, barely still works. I only have, like, one channel audio still works most of the time. Wow. So... Something, I, something I need else. something else, but I, I don't want, I want something that is just the, the player, right? I don't want the f- phone that plays podcasts. I want a podcast player. So if someone's got a good recommendation, let me know. Well, so you, I, let's, I mean, just get a, uh, there's an iPod touch, which basically is a phone. But you just wouldn't. You just could not hook it to the internet. And then well, and I, I would prefer not Apple. Okay, fair enough. But would yeah. also prefer not Google. Google. <laughs> so. Yep. 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 Well, that pod player. That's a good question. What's it, what is a good pod player? Just one one quick point along those lines. Part of the power of the podcast is the audio part. And for me, I don't know if it's this way for everyone. Uh, video does nothing for my comprehension. In fact, it if I'm watching me. something on YouTube on a computer screen, I'm... I can't just sit there and watch it. So I'm going somewhere else, whatever. But if I'm listening to a podcast, I can listen while I'm driving. I can listen while I'm hiking. And those things, like I, you know, I can tell you I was listening to this podcast while I was hiking on this trail. You know, like like it (laughs) it connects to particular locations. Um, You know, not like the entire podcast, but interesting things or or and i my comprehension level way higher on audio podcasts while i'm you know driving or hiking or whatever than um 
sitting at a computer. So agreed, agreed, one hundred percent. I actually feel guilty for that. You know, for, for those podcasts that do have video, like, uh, like, like what, for instance, Joe Rogan. I've never watched a Joe Rogan. I, I actually know that's not true. I did watch Alex Jones interviewed on Joe Rogan because that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> because why wouldn't you watch that? But other than that, I've listened to absolutely everything. I have listened to, I think, every Chris White documentary. I think I've listened to every one of James Corbett's, you know, documentaries in uh, in his podcast, even though there is a video form. Um, you know, I've listened. I listen. I, I prefer. I prefer the audio myself. It's a. Uh, it's uh, there's something about it. There's something something about it. Yeah. My I didn't I never really talked about this, but my great not my great my grandfather was a uh, one of my grandfathers was actually on the radio in uh, a suburb of Columbus, Ohio, in like the fifties and sixties, and he was like legit like had his own time slot. He did a like a drive a morning drive or whatever. But he was like not only would he get on the radio and go talk about stuff and talk about the weather the news or whatever but he actually was a salesperson too so he had to go and then he had to go sell his own uh spots to be sponsored so he had to get on (laughs) on the road and and try and sell so anyway uh it runs in the blood at least being able to talk a lot (laughs) yeah apparently he was better at monetization though (laughs) (laughs) who's that my grandpa yeah, <laughs> yeah. no monetization than we are. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. No way. Well, wait, wait, and wait, wait. this is um, we we actually at some level, if it has ads, it's not a podcast. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know. yeah. I think that's I think that's true. We actually had somebody offer to support our podcast. I didn't even read her email or or respond to her because I didn't know what to say. But I deleted all my PayPal accounts because PayPal is bought by a Chinese-owned company. So. I think I'm going to open up a P.O. box and for other reasons here at the house that we need a P.O. box for. Um, but that way people can, if they want to donate, they could just mail us a check. So that would be cool. If yeah. they wanted to do that monetization stuff. Yeah, I, I would say, and this is um, 100% uh, sincere. If I were someone out there, I would wait until we actually do this for another few months <laughs> make sure you're not donating for like three three podcasts so you know it i i wouldn't be like you know here's the, your support because of all the great work you're going to be doing three months from now you just you just never know with us <laughs> oh man so I wonder if my grandfather had a sidekick when he went out. <laughs> Thinking no. Uh, ben Carson dishes on the swamp. This is an hour-long video. What is happening? What, do you, what is Ben Carson talking about? No, you. No, we don't need to play it. It's, I don't think so. But what, what's going on? Um, it it was just an interesting take. He he just talks about how. You know, being on the other, like the inside of it, when he'd always been on the, the outside, that the swamp goes uh, much deeper and is much swampier and is both parties 
to much more extent than he thought before he went into it. So he said, anyone who goes in trying to actually do uh, what they said they're going to do, um, it gets real hard real fast. So you, if you know, we could if you're trying to work for the people, the swamp will will try and drown you, basically. So. You know what they need? They need a doctor. America needs a doctor. Campaign finance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that was that was Ben Carson's slogan. I thought you were going there. America needs a doctor. Oh no, I mean they're sick. <laughs> they're sick. <laughs> America is sick, so let's get a doctor. All right, uh, the house that Rush built. Did you put that in or me? Oh, I think you did, but <laughs> didn't we talk about Limbaugh last week? Yeah, I it's old. think so. That one's an old story, so we'll throw that in the show folder. Peter Navarro, blistering show response to Mark's short interview. This is what you were talking I, about earlier. I kind of referred to that with yeah, the Koch brothers stuff. The Koch so. brothers being anti-Trump. All right, fair enough. There's some well, details in that that it, it was interesting. So if you're interested in that... Uh, <laughs> who the Koch brothers are using um, and how the administration worked and why it didn't work. Uh, there's some good information in there. Perfect. So without further ado, let's wrap this thing up is do you have any words of wisdom for us, Mr. Andrew? Uh, I don't know, you know, pick up hitchhikers. Maybe if they're not going to kill you. Do kind, hitchhikers be kind to, be hitchhikers kind won't always kill you. There you go. <laughs> there's always more football, Tim. There's, That's the there's a, thing about America. There's always more football. There's always more. <laughs> they tried to take away football, man. That was, I know. That was bridged too far. <laughs> got to get quicker on my clips here. But, uh, yeah, they certainly did. What in the world? So, uh, we, we spoke briefly before the show, which let other, other people know just so they're not alone. You're out on baseball and basketball, which is kind of interesting because we're getting to the swing of both of those. Yeah, I have watched zero Portland Trailblazers, um, and don't intend to watch any Mariners baseball this year. So, well. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers one disappointing, also hard not to watch. Both of our favorite players, Damian Lillard. Uh, as far as not watching the Seattle Mariners, think of it as a social media fast. It's probably better for you. <laughs> I did see that they fired their, or their the president of the Mariners had to resign. Yep, yep, yep. So big changes are coming. Big promises. Lots of promises. Very little going to be delivered, I bet you, on, on yeah. I bet you anything. So, All right. Well, uh, without any further ado, uh, I guess we'll uh, wrap it up there. Thank you for listening. Thanks for your emails, for your support. And uh, we'll hope to uh, come at you next week. Yeah, and maybe, maybe a special guest coming soon. Yeah. Special guest. We haven't done an interview in a long time. 
If you yes. ever want to hear the interviews that we have done, go to the show. Go to the show page, which is here. I'll talk about it now, just for a minute. Go to revelationsradionews.com. There is a home, which is where you'll be as soon as you end up on there. Then the about tells about us. And then interviews. If you click on interviews, the most recent one is Unplugged from the Matrix, Solutions Watch from James Corbett. There's Dr. Future and the Georgia Guidestones, Film Literature and the New World Order, James and Joanne Moriarty, a couple with uh, James Corbett, uh, Julian Charles. Um, uh, I hereby resign... If, in protest, effective immediately, a, a, a service member, then civilian guy who re- resigned from his post uh, become, because he's anti-war. Um, and then way back in, I don't know, we haven't talked about this actually on the show, I don't think. But we, interv- or I interviewed, this show had on the interview, Revelations Radio News 93 Duck Duck Go from July 18th, 2013. Is Duck Duck Go a good alternative to Google and Bing? Uh, I interviewed this man. I listened to this interview just the other day. Uh, that is a total of four people working at their home office at the time. I bet you there's more now, and they wouldn't send someone from PR to do a full 20 minutes with me. <laughs> but. <laughs> But uh, anyway, that did happen. So that is back there in the archives. It's kind of cool to go back and listen to some of that stuff. We did do some cool stuff long ago, and uh, we're still trying to do more cool stuff. So check out that stuff. You go to the homepage, then type or then click interviews, and that because will take you. These uh, these recovered episodes took some work on your part. So oh, absolutely, it took so a ton kudos of work. for that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I've been reposting and trying to to build up the uh, the archives quite a bit, basically from scratch after we were uh, taken down uh, by not paying the bills. So uh, they just declared an emergency. Yes. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening, and uh, we'll get talk to you next time. Hopefully, that won't be a full year and a half from now. Talk to you later. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com, and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say- I have no idea what you're talking about.